information there on the screens and make sure that you uh, take advantage of all these incredible resources. Nathan, every time I visit the uh, Christ in Prophecy and Lamb Lion site, I'm just uh, blown away with the incredible amount of content and articles that you have there dating back, I mean, years. So people have no excuse, right, Nathan, why they cannot grow in learning Bible prophecy. Well, it's a, it's a great adventure to get to know our Lord and Savior better. And that's what we endeavor to do. We ask people to come along with us like, like we do with you here on G-Wave. They come along and study the Bible and just get really excited. Our Savior loves us. He wants us to get to know Him. And we can do that through the study of the Bible. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And Nathan, we, you and I always take Bible prophecy from the approach of good news. And there's a lot of um, sad things happening. Of course, as you know, in the news, there's uh, shootings have happened this week. There's bombing uh, in other parts of the world. And, and, and a lot of this, Nathan, is why we encourage people to make sure that they have a relationship with Jesus. Because all this is part of what the Bible tells us we're going to see develop before the rapture of the church, right? The angel Gabriel told Daniel in Daniel 9 that uh, all the way up to the uh, Messiah there'd be wars and desolations and yeah. rumors of wars. Jesus again said that in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 that as we got closer to his appearance, we would see more wars, more fears, more social upheaval, more unrest, more natural disasters, uh, you name it, uh, more false prophets, uh, more earthquakes. It would continue in greater frequency and intensity the closer we got to the Lord's return. Brother, you, you can see the charts. They exist. They're out there. We have a great one called the Exponential Curve on our website at landline.com. And Dr. Reagan takes you through the Exponential Curve, how all these things that Jesus said that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ are happening. We're living in it now. We are getting real close to the Lord's return. And, of course, the super sign itself. Israel is a nation again after 1900 years, mm. and we're seeing a lot of developments going on with Israel right now. The whole world, uh, the UN especially, is against Israel. Why does the world hate just one tiny little nation? Right. Because it's supernatural in origin. So, man, you're right. Jesus Christ is coming soon. The signs are all around us. Woo, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that. And that's why we see others of you that are tuning in live via social media, Facebook. We thank you for the post, your questions or your comments there uh, for Nathan Jones or myself. As we are going to be talking about, of course, a familiar passage to Christian, but to some others, not very familiar. There's a lot of confusion when we talk about this important topic, the rapture of the church. Some people believe it's a made-up thing that just recently happened. Some people are not clear. Uh, there's different views out there in how people... Uh, view this, but we're going to be covering this from a pre-tribulational point of view, and, and of course, the, well, we believe that um, this is an event that can occur at any moment. So, Nathan, can you describe to us briefly uh, what exactly is the rapture before we dive into talking about whether it's heavenly or devilish for people out there that maybe are not very familiar with this term? Okay. Well, we all like pizza, more or less, right? Yes. <laughs> Well, if you order a pizza, you go in, you go up to the counter, you pay your money, and you grab that pizza, you catch it, you take it out of that store, and you take it home so you can eat it. That's right. Well, similarly, the Lord has promised in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 and John 14 that he will come back to snatch up, capture, rapture us off this earth, up to heaven, to live with Jesus Christ forever. And that's a promise the Bible makes in many passages. And so that is the, called the rapture of the church. Now, we won't find the word rapture in the Bible. Uh, catch up is in 
Greek Harpazo, the original language, and then it was translated to Latin, which was a, the Bible that was used for 1,100 years. That was rapio. Mm-hmm. So when you transliterate it to English, rapio, you get rapture. So the word rapture you won't find in the Bible, but you will find the concept of the rapture in those passages. Actually, First Thessalonians 4, 17. Yeah, and, and Nathan, of course, and, and that means that, that the rapture is this, this event that can happen at any moment, and just millions upon millions of, of Christians are going to basically disappear off the earth. It's true, and it, it sounds so alien, it sounds so <laughs> sci-fi, that you know, a lot of people right there reject the concept, but it is a very biblical concept. And the Lord has stepped in throughout his history, especially in Bible times, right. to do miracles and work wonders. And uh, we're in a society now that it really discounts all wonders and supernatural. We don't think God's coming back. We're not interested as much. Right. And, and so when you say God is going to take those who love him off this planet and, and, and take them to heaven and leave the earth behind to suffer a time period called the tribulation, seven years of judgment, the wrath of God upon this world, it, it, it pops some gaskets. You know, people are like, what the hell? I can't see. But it's absolutely true. It's a biblical concept that is taught in the Bible. Since it's taught in the Bible, we should accept it as fact. Mm. And you know, Nathan, and we talked about in our previous program that there are types of, of this event in the Bible. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, sure, sure. There's a lot of types. In other words, people who experience rapture-like uh, conditions. For instance, uh, one of the famous is Enoch. He was uh, an ancestor of Noah, and uh, we're told in Genesis that he was taken up, raptured off this earth before the flood came. Right. He was taken up to heaven. Or when God's judgment fell during Noah's time upon the earth, Noah and his family were taken up off this earth in the ark mm-hmm. and stayed in the ark above the waters while God's judgment poured upon the earth. Uh, you could also uh, look at Lot. You know, Lot was removed from Sodom and Gomorrah right. and his family before God's wrath was poured out on the earth. Rahab was protected and taken out of Jericho as yeah. Jericho was being destroyed. So again and again and again throughout the Bible, God, when he pours out his wrath, not the wrath of man or the wrath of Satan, but his own personal wrath, he protects those who love him by removing them before it happens. Mm. Nathan, excellent point. And for those of you that are watching and listening, I mean, these are just some examples here in the Word of God, as Nathan was sharing today, where we see these types of these events. And today there is a lot of confusion, of course, when it comes to the rapture or the tribulation. There, there are many views, right, Nathan? Now, can you describe for us the different views, Nathan, with polls, pre, for maybe someone out there that is also not aware of these other terms? Okay. Well, the rapture of the church is tied to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's right. So a lot of people will make the second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of those seven-year tribulation to right. be one and same as the rapture. Matter of fact, mm. these are folks who, who would take the what's called the post-tribulation right. rapture position. In other words, that Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, he raptures those few Christians who have possibly survived seven years of living hell off this earth, they're given their resurrected bodies and they U-turn back with Jesus and they come back to the earth. And that's called the post-tribulation rapture view. There's others who believe that, well, first the wrath of Satan and the wrath of man must happen first during those seven years. Mm-hmm. And so we will be raptured, say, three-quarters of the way into the seven-year tribulation. 
that's called the pre-rapt rapture view. And there's others who hold to the view that we won't be raptured until Satan, uh, through the Antichrist, desecrates the newly built Jewish temple three and a half years into the seven-year tribulation. And that view is called the mid-tribulation rapture. But the rapture view that you and I hold, that I believe is biblically pertinent, is what's called the pre-tribulation rapture view. It's the view that we will be raptured off this earth before the wrath of God befalls it. Just like you, you said earlier when we were talking about examples in the Bible where God removes people off this earth before he releases his wrath. That's the pre-tribulation rapture view. Woo, thank you so much, Nathan. And Nathan, and that, I'm so glad that you were able to clarify that. And the reason why, because sometimes we can agree to disagree uh, with other good Christians in terms of when the rapture is going to occur. But I don't know that I will go as far as saying that is devilish, that is, that is of the devil. And, and, and we can agree to disagree, but I, I was sharing uh, with you regarding uh, James Isaacson that just wrote a book, Satan's Rapture Trap. And I have that there on the screen for those of you that are watching us live. And Nathan, I think that, you know, that to me is something that we need to talk about because I don't necessarily uh, see our disagreements, uh, whether it's Paul's trip as devilish. Uh, I also don't see uh, uh, this book here, Satan's Rapture Trap, uh, uh, as a satanic thing. I think what we see in the Bible uh, with the rapture is always uh, more of a heavenly hope. Would you agree with that? Well, can, uh, uh, Titus, uh, we're told that uh, it's our blessed hope. The return That's of right. Christ is our blessed hope. You know, uh, we're told again and again in different verses, like First Thessalonians 1.10, we're told to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come, not, you know, makes us endure his wrath right. or walks with us while we endure wrath, he rescues us from the wrath to come. Yes. And there's many other verses that the Bible teach that we are protected and taken away before God's wrath is put on the earth. First Thessalonians 5 9. That's for right. God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God That's through right. him. There's other verses, Ephesians 5, 6, and Colossians 3, 4, but Vic, my, my favorite one is Revelation 3, 10, where this is Jesus himself saying, because you have kept the word of my yeah. perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And that's talking about the tribulation. So right there, Jesus promises the faithful church of Philadelphia, those Christians who have put their trust in Christ, who are faithful to the Lord, Christians will be removed from this earth before the wrath of God comes. And that wrath is the entire seven years of the tribulation. Nathan, I love all those verses. And for those of you that are watching and listening, listen, what hope, what encouragement you find from the biblical account of what the Bible has to say uh, regarding this event. So Nathan, the rapture is not a, something that was made up in the 1800s, supposedly, that some people want us to believe, right? Yeah, there's a view out there that John Darby in the 1830s had heard this ecstatically crazy teenage girl named Margaret MacDonald uh, spout off views <laughs> about the rapture happening before the tribulation, and then he went out and started teaching about the rapture, and that's when the view of the rapture was embedded. For one, 
you can go back to what Margaret McDonald actually said, and she said nothing about a pre-trib rapture. So that's been historically proven. But Darby was never the first person to talk about the rapture. Well, we, we go right to, to Jesus Christ himself in John 14, or the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, and there's even some references in the Old Testament at that point. So the Bible definitely was teaching about the rapture mm-hmm. well before then. There was other early church fathers who who talked about the imminency of the Lord's return, like Barnabas in 100 AD or Tobias in 60. You know, there's others, Arrhenius, Tertullian, Hippolytus, Cyprian, Lactantius, which is a mouthful. <laughs> you know? And then for 1,000 to 1,500 years, the church unfortunately fell underneath Augustine's teaching that the Bible should interpret it spiritually. And so Bible prophecy out the door, and it took all the way till we started getting up to the Reformation, where the little interpretation of the Bible came back. And that's when we started reading about people, uh, Bible teachers and preachers, who started separating the rapture from the second coming, such mm-hmm. as Joseph Mead, Increase Mather, Pierre Giraud, Philip Doddridge, Morgan Edwards, and so forth and so on, well before John Darby. So I've heard many people say they immediately discount the teaching of the rapture because they heard somewhere right. that the rapture was invented in 1820s. That is historically false. Mm. You know, Nathan, I'm so glad that you, you bring in all this to light because we need, for those of you that are watching and those that are tuned in, we see more of you tuning in there via social media, Facebook and the like. And again, this is very important for you to recognize because this is our hope. We also need to recognize that there is a real attack on the rapture. And people are going to want you to believe all these false concepts of things. And one of those things, Nathan, I think that, that Satan is actually brilliantly trying to uh, uh, bring in is that supposedly these alien invasions, right? Flying saucers. Have you seen the increase in that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, since the 1950s, since we started putting satellites in space, you know, we've had a fascination with aliens. The New Age Church even teaches the rapture of the church. They believe that uh, aliens will rapture Christians off this planet so right. that mankind can finally start evolving. These Christians are out with them. The new teachers are looking forward to the rapture, but the church is not. And I think the reason is because you've got voices such as the book you just called Satan's Rapture uh, Trap and others, McPherson's and other ones, are people who believe that the rapture and the second coming are one and the same. They're called post-tribulation raptures. Raptures, and they're very, very adamant about this view, yeah. primarily because they believe that the church needs to be punished for its sins. It needs to endure a tribulation. It needs to go through a Protestant purgatory for seven wow. years to be purified before Jesus Christ takes his bride. It totally throws out the verse in First John one, which says that the blood of Jesus Christ yeah. purifies us from all sin. So if the blood of Jesus purifies us, then why do we need to be beat up by God for seven years in his wrath to be purified? And man, these people are angry, angry yeah, people. Yeah. They want the church. They, they hate the church almost. You're like, how can you be a Christian and hate the church? But they do, and they want the church to get what's coming to them, or they want to die a martyr. Yeah. And you get a lot of them saying, I want to be beheaded for Jesus Christ. Bring that Antichrist on. Let him chop my head off. You're like, wait, if you want to be martyred for Christ, fly over to Iran, get on the street corner, That's start right. preaching, and you can be martyred for Christ too, you know? So you don't have to have the tribulation to be martyred, but I find that these people are very angry people who just for some reason do not want the church to be shown mercy by God, and it boggles the mind. 
You know, it's, it's amazing to me, Nathan, because I don't know where people get. It's so clear. You read for us over and over that the Bible teaches that God has not appointed us to wrath. That is so clear there in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. And yet we find so many that they're believing all these nonsenses. And you gave us also so many references in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, how God's mercy and grace has always been upon his church. And one of the greatest blessings is taking us out of the, uh, the tribulation. I don't see why anybody will want to go through the horrible period or why people would not be excited uh, against uh, uh, for the rapture. And I think that is a true devilish scheme of Satan, right, Nathan? It's for people not to believe that the Lord's in grace and mercy and try to take us out of here. We live in a time of great apostasy. There are churches that are accepting universalism, Paul Young's The Shack, you know, that every path leads to heaven. We have churches who are denying the Bible, the inspired word of God, we have churches that are, are basically shooting down the divinity of Jesus and saying he wasn't virgin born or he wasn't resurrected. And to hear arguments and fighting about that, no, you don't. But you say the rapture of the church, and oh my word, everybody goes bananas. And you get disinvited to conferences and right. they mock you. And, and our people, we have even been kicked off of television networks right. because of our preaching of the rapture of the church. You would think that was the most heretical teaching ever created. You get views where people say, well, you're teaching the rapture, and what doesn't happen, all these Christians are going to be so disappointed that in mass they're just going to give up their faith right. and join the Antichrist side. And you're like, what? Where does that ever say that in the Bible? But you've got a lot of these crazy views about the rapture. Brother, I believe you're absolutely right. Yeah. It is satanic. Satan reads the Bible. Satan That's right. knows Bible prophecy. Satan knows there will be a rapture of the church. And he's doing everything he can to stop people from believing in the rapture of the church. Excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the rapture of the church. Is it devilish deception or heavenly hope. Again, we thank you for those of you that are tuning in and praying for our program. We want to thank you there. Uh, Pastor Ken Kerrigan, we know you also have your program also in the Word Live. Thank you for supporting us there and, and the rest of you that are watching us live via social media and Facebook. But Nathan, this is a very important subject matter and we hope that those that are watching and listening would take some time to consider what the Bible has to say. Nathan, I know we don't have a lot of time left to the program, but you would agree that these things are just going to continue to intensify, right? This is going to be more deception and more attacks as time goes on. Well, Jesus compared to the end time signs as labor pains. You know, I, we didn't go through labor, but we watched our lives go through it, right? Yeah. And it starts off minor and the contractions are, are far apart. But as you get closer and closer to the baby time, the contractions get closer and closer and closer. And the pains come harder and harder and harder until finally the baby is born. And that's what Jesus compared to the end times. That the times, the signs of the times that he gave us, the increasing in, in apostasy and wars, rumors of wars and upheaval and signs in the sky would increase in frequency and intensity right. until, boom, Jesus Christ comes back. Satan already recognizes those signs. He knows it better than any of us in the church do. And he's doing everything he can to plow us under, to get us confused, to cover up in entertainment and distractions so that we don't know mm. when Jesus Christ is coming back. We might not ever know the day or the hour until it actually happens, but we can know the season of the Lord's return. Right. Brother, 
And Nathan, that's why we're so excited. And that's why we want to encourage those of you that are watching and listen. Listen, we want to, we want to encourage you. If you don't have a real relationship with Jesus, there's not much time. We want to give you an opportunity to come to the Lord right now so that you can experience the heavenly hope that we're talking about. And, and when the Lord returns, we want you to be in heaven with us celebrating the wonderful things that God is doing. And, and Nathan, again, maybe there is someone watching or listening, whether it's now or at another time that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Would you share with them even right now how they can get started uh, with the relationship with the Lord? How are you handled today, Vic? You let me always share the gospel message, but brother, you have got a real gift for sharing the gospel. Why don't you tell people how they can connect to the Lord? Well, thank you, Nathan. And of course, both of us, you and I, we have a heart of evangelists and so many others out there. But again, for those of you that are tuned into a program, the reason why we do this program weekly is to encourage you, to give you something that hopefully will draw you closer to the Lord. And listen, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus right now, wherever you are, just stop or pause for a minute, of course, unless you're driving. And we want to encourage you just wherever you are, you can just bow your head for a minute and close your eyes with myself. And of course, uh, Nathan, we have him live over Skype, but you can just repeat a very simple prayer. And again, we say to people, it's not, it's not just repeating words, but you have to mean this from your heart and God knows your heart. And if right now you turn to Jesus and you acknowledge that you are a sinner, you invite him to come into your heart, he will grant you eternal life. And maybe you're not used to praying, but I'm going to share with you a brief prayer that you can follow along and, and just, if you mean it from your heart, watch what God will do in your life. A simple prayer that goes like this, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. God, right now, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name. Very simple prayer. But if you pray it and you mean it from your heart, the Bible tells us that the Lord moves position from being with you to being inside of you. And he has granted you that relationship that we have, which is eternal life. And if you pray that prayer, we'll love.